This is Navigating Hospitality and I'm Dr. Allison Green. Usually we talk about the crossroads of social intelligence, business, and the hospitality industry. However, over the next month or so, we will be doing podcasts that are specifically involving local leaders in the hospitality industry. So buckle up, here we go, let's have a listen. All right, we're recording for the podcast, <coughs> Navigating Hospitality. Welcome everybody. Um, this is a, uh, an absolute pleasure. Some of you I know, some of you I don't know. And I really appreciate everybody coming here to share some insights um, for, for this event. Um, and I'm going to start off introductions. I'm Dr. Allison Green, and I am the Chair and Associate Professor at the University of West Florida's Global Hospitality and Tourism Management Department. If we could, just quick introductions. So whoever's watching this live knows who's talking and whatnot. So who would like to go and introduce themselves? I'll start. Um, sure. I'm Jason Nicholson, uh, Vice President of Operations for Industry Hotels. We operate along uh, seven key markets uh, on the Florida and Alabama Gulf Coast. Uh, we have 24 hotels, uh, maybe 10 restaurants, uh, spas, and activities. Uh, I'm Nick Murray. I'm the Corporate Director of Food and Beverage for Industry Hotels, and I am uh, oversight of all the food and beverage operations at our hotels and independent restaurants. Great. Thank you. Uh, Todd Thompson, President and CEO of the Greater Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. Jean-Pierre Indian, uh, General Manager, Co-Owner of the Great Southern Restaurant Group. Uh, we uh, own and operate four restaurants in the, in the area. Fish House, Atlas, Jackson's Skate House, uh, Five Sisters Blues Cafe, and Angelina's. Thank you. I am D.C. Reeves. I'm the uh, founder of Perfect Plain Brewing Company in downtown Pensacola and um, the uh, Vice Chair at Visit Pensacola as well. I'm Rick West. I'm the yeah. owner of Franchisee for Voodoo Barbecue in Pensacola. So Dorian, well, oh, I'm Dorian, sorry. Dorian Zvidovich for the from the SBDC. Okay. Yeah. And uh, on, I, I'll tell you we're on Google Meet as well. So uh, some of us are working remotely uh, through UWF. And Nicole Geese, listen. Do I say that right? Uh, is on there. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Jerry Parrish also is on there and uh, we have one more that has joined us that I just don't know the name so I apologize they're calling in. I say we uh, get going it's about seven after nine. Uh, we do know that there is a um, call at 9.30 with Visit Florida and FRLA. We want to um, be cognizant of that. Our conversation can go on but uh, for those that want to hop on that at 9.30, I think we need to hit this conversation hard. So the first things first, how you all doing? What's going on? How, how's it today in your business? Well, um, again, my name's Jason, and I'll start. Uh, at Innisfree Hotels, we're seeing um, a, a, a 30 to 50% decline in our own March bookings. Uh, we also have access to data points where we can see the occupancy, the year-over-year -year actual occupancy on uh, their books uh, for our competitive set, which we define. And what we're finding is the Pensacola market for the month of March is down 51%. Mm. Uh, looking into April, we're looking, uh, as of three days ago, a 32% decline in demand in the Pensacola market. and. And in fact, doesn't uh, move into the positive territory on the forecast until August of this year. 
And that's today. That's, I mean, a, that's, 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 that's as of today. As of today, what we're looking at. Right. Anybody else? We have restaurants. What What's going on? I mean, you know, uh, Nick Murray with Industry, but with the um, with the restaurants being, you know, modified their capacities and things like that, it, it's it's the old telltale sign of when times are good, people want to drink, and when times are bad, they drink more. <laughs> um, and that's that's kind of what we're seeing. You know, we we've we've modified and we've adapted to to fit all the the new regulations put out by the the governor and enhanced our sanitation practices and. and People seem to be appreciative of the fact that we are probably one of the, the only states they can get to because we're a drive-to market that, that's got operational restaurants. I have contacts in Chicago, Ohio, Atlanta restaurant groups that have shut down their entire operations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it, it's devastating for these communities and the people that, are, that I mean, we're, we're a, a boon to an extent to, for, for morale in the community as well, allowing people to still continue to go out and enjoy themselves in these uncertain times, I think, is, is helping maintain sanity at the same time. So I think that that's something that shouldn't be overlooked. Absolutely. I agree. All right. How which are you guys true. doing? I'm Trump here with the Great Southern, which is true, and I will echo uh, what Nate said. Uh, we're very fortunate to be able that the governor is allowing us to operate, even though it's at certain capacity. Uh, but in in our restaurant, what we have, what we have seen is uh, the switch and with the grab and goes, curbside pickup, and so and so forth, which allowing a lot of our uh, people in our community uh, to still enjoy a meal where they don't have to be in a confined area uh, and such. So uh, we're very fortunate. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, Communities that are really close to us are, have been shut down. Um, so hopefully, this is going to continue. We hope so. Um, not it's something that we will have to think really hard how to operate in the future right. and what's going to come up so it's a kind of a day-to-day operational adjustment uh, that we're living on every day absolutely <clears throat> excuse me i'm request of voodoo barbecue and uh, i'll echo um, what these gentlemen are saying um the the day-to-day we've had to make some adjustments we have now we're doing um curbside pickup um, you know, different things like that. But uh, I would say where we're seeing the biggest impact is cancellations on future caterings. Um, that's, that's what's really the unknown for people um, where we've, you know, so several large caterings that, that have had to cancel, um, including many with UWF, of course, with, mm-hmm. with, with them being out. Um, so that's, that's really the, the part that's hurting us the most. Um, we are still seeing people in the restaurant. We're seeing a lot of, a lot of takeout. Um, I, was, I was pleased to get some directive from the governor because we knew something was coming and we just didn't know what it was. So we weren't sure how to, um, how to plan for it. At least we have something now. Of course, that could change tomorrow. So it's still hard to, to predict what the future brings. Um, but, but at least we have something that we can, mm-hmm. that we can work with. Yeah. And one thing that we've done at the Chamber to try to get information out and connect people to businesses, on our Facebook page, and this has over 6,000 members now, we started a group called Pensacola Takeout and Delivery Options mm-hmm. amid COVID-19. Over 6,000 people are part of this group now. Any restaurant in, in our community can share their information what the options are for takeout, delivery, those sorts of things. So it's been very successful, very well received, and just want anybody who has a restaurant or food delivery service, I know, DC, you're getting creative with what you're doing, 
please share your information on this page. People are going to it, and um, we're just you know trying to encourage people to to keep using our restaurants. They're open. Yeah. Uh, keep going and, and supporting them. Do you see? Uh, heard yeah, I'd say like while we're on the other side of the government uh, or the governor's mandate, which is we're, we're have to cease operations for thirty days, and actually. Thankfully, got corrected last night. We went on the presumption that it would um, and opened to go and curbside yesterday. But um, an innocent oversight in the executive order mm -hmm. is that if you had a license, you had to cease all operations. Mm -hmm. uh, breweries are already allowed to do to go, and we're already licensed to do that. And it's as certainly as the safest possible thing you can do, safer than a fifty percent. You know, if you're only interacting with one person, so it was kind of an accidental oversight it, it, for temporarily actually shut us down from even doing something we were allowed to do that is relatively safe in this crazy world that we're in now. So um, apparently as of last night, that with the Department of Business and Professional Regulation, that got all cleared up that that is back on the table for breweries, which um, is, it's a fraction of a fraction of what we would normally be doing. But, you know, my mentality is I've got 15 employees and, and that our focus for the next 30 days is how do we you know, help people keep paying rent and supporting their families through this 30 days of what we hope is 30 days. And I'm not very mm -hmm. certain of that. Mm -hmm. um, so um, anyway, it's obviously a, a, a difficult time, but, uh, you know, we talk, we're talking about community and I, I thought, you know, it's important to share the positive of that is we've been doing this for two days and we've gotten an amazing amount of support these two days of people you know, pulling up and buying beer and leaving a big tip because they know the person that is serving it to them is not making the money that they used to make. So um, I, obviously it's early and it's new and we don't expect that even to sustain, but you know, we, that's really a reflection of our community and, and um, that to see the outpouring of support for people that um, we, we've been able to at least experience some of that through this kind of to go option when people know that we're trying hard to, um, you know, keep supporting our, our employees. So. And I heard something alluding a little bit to what you're saying this morning, um, an interview that was done about somebody, it kept coming up, the panic. So the panic of our employees, the panic of our servers. We may or may not be feeling that right now because of the location that we are in, which is also spring break and people are driving here and it could all change momentarily. Um, but most definitely it's a panic in New York City. It's a panic in Seattle. Um, and so that's, that's what I've been hearing. Um, I'm going to throw this at you for a forecast and I, what, forecasting could be this afternoon. Forecasting could be um, in the next 30 days. Whatever you want to say is forecasting. What are you all doing, a couple of you, what are you doing now uh, with employees when we hear about Marriott laying off tens of thousands of employees? And the Hilton Corporation laying off 250,000. 250. Uh, globally. Um, I want to I go take a step back and, and also reinforce DC's uh, statement. Um, our, our, our teammates are very supportive. They're very understanding. And, the, and, the, and one of the benefits we have in the hospitality and the food and beverage industry is we already have very high sanitation standards anyway. We all have to be certified and, and literally carry the card in our pockets. Okay. Um, and those are on many, many levels. Our, our teams are very supportive of, uh, of not only their jobs, but also the realization that we're, we're in the business of creating experiences and people still want to have those experiences. The second part is the guests that I'm interacting with are very mindful and respectful 
um, of their social distancing, their spacing, their own sanitation practices, um, not only for their own personal health, but I, I think also for that, the health of the others. So uh, what I'm finding on Pensacola Beach as an example is that the beach uh, has people on it and they're all evenly spaced mm. um, and that's refreshing. Yeah. The forecast, to speak to the forecast, it does not look good. Okay. Um, this afternoon, I'll be holding a, a conference call with all of our general managers, regional directors, and, and Nick, our corporate director of food and beverage, uh, where we initiate some very aggressive cost control measures. Okay. Um, and what that means in, in, in our terms are, essentially, our salaried managers will begin running the hotels from their front desks. The, the restaurant managers will cook food or serve food, mm. and we will lay off effectively, based upon the demand of the hotel, 90% uh, of our workforce. Mm. So that means that only 10% or 200 out of 2,000 will be left by the end of the week with employment. So we're very sensitive to that. Um, we do recognize that, that discretionary spending is at risk, and we we are desperate to get ahead of that. Yeah, that's today. That's, I mean, that's, that, that's today, right now today. Right. So so the difference here is having an organization with hotels and outlets. Um, I'm I'm going to pivot a little bit, maybe with Doring Small Business, with one, two, four restaurants or entities. I mean, how is it? How how are you forecasting? What's happening? Can you share anything? And it's okay if you don't want to share. Yeah, I mean, as this year's Echo, our biggest focus right now is our employee, um, some of which have been with our organization for 20 years. Uh, with a steady paycheck, a steady income, uh, you know, we did have some disaster come through, such as hurricanes or BP spill oil. But at least during that time, we knew how long it would last. We knew that there was FEMA on one side or mm -hmm. BP on the other side, you know that this, but on this, this one is here is really scary because we don't know exactly how to, where to direct an employee that might be either laid off or reduce hours. Yeah. What are the resources that are available? And that's what we're working on right now yeah. to try to figure out resources that are available to guide our employees and to just give them some type of peace yeah. of mind. It's, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, right now, we're operating at reduced capacity. Of course, reduced hours. We haven't laid anybody off yet. Uh, but somebody might come to work and we say, OK, well, there's not too much to do today. You may need to go home. Uh, hours are getting reduced uh, drastically. Mm -hmm. uh, but technically, we haven't laid off anybody yet. Okay. Good news. As of today. We, we have not laid off any as either. We've had some, um, we hire a lot of UWF students since, since we're up by the university. Um, and some of those had to go home and haven't been able to come back. So that, that has taken care of some, some positions. Um, then we've had some natural attrition that we just haven't replaced those people. Um, as far as looking into the future, my biggest concern is when Jason says we're laying off 90% or we're stopping construction, what have you. Those, those are our guests. We're, you know, out by the university, yes, we get some business from the, from the college, but we get a lot of, a lot of um, blue collar, a lot of, a lot of families and what have you that, that when they're discretionary incomes, that's what's going to impact mm -hmm. us. Yep. Um, and you know when will the university come back? I don't know. I haven't. You know we haven't. We right. nobody knows. Um, 
that's that's my biggest concern for the future. So we will, and, and as JP says, um, we want to hold on to our employees as long as we can and, and, and provide them with, with the means to pay their bills. Um, and, and we intend to do so um, as long as we can. Um, and then, uh, then we'll just have to make decisions as, as see fit. But the way it is right now, we can continue on with that. With with what Jason said, that's that's alarming to me, and it's something that we're going to have to really, really plan for, um, and how we're going to how we're going to counteract that. Um, yeah, we uh, obviously a small operation, 15 employees, but three three are salaried employees. I've committed to them for 30 days that they'll be on. Um, okay. You know, uh, by feeling. The, the luxury of being a smaller business and, and not having to be on a conference call with that many hotels and how effect it, how much it impacts and affects so many 2,000 people. Fortunately, when it's a smaller operation, we have probably a little more flexibility to, to be able to promise that. But um, but I just feel like that, you know, they go to battle for us every day and work long mm -hmm. hours and all that stuff. And I just, I feel the, op the mm -hmm. obligation um, to commit that to them um, we, me and our co-founder, Rita Neil, we have stopped taking, you know, we're fortunate that we also have, we have other jobs that have income that allow us to not take barely any money out of the business. We have stopped taking mm -hmm. that. We've already, and in essence, are going to try to put that aside, what we would normally take out to eventually benefit, um, our employees. So. Um, but again, really the big question is, uh, we're going to face the same thing that Jason's talking about, which is if this is day, if we get to day 31 and day 35 and day 40, um, you know, will managers have to start doing more of the, you know, the day-to-day -day operations? What will day-to-day -day operations even look like at that point? Um, there's some conversation that, um, there's a license out there that you can deliver, um, beer, you, you know, it's not the one we have now. Some states have gone to that. They've allowed to say, so that's another potential stream that we can keep people employed and um, busy but anyway that that's our plan for now we're, we're one of the only bars between here and Tallahassee we offer comprehensive health insurance for mm. all of our bar to everybody that works there um, and yeah I've also you know pledged to them that that they will not you know we'll figure it out like you know we handle the deductions if they get an $80 paycheck and they have an $85 deduction on health care we'll, we're gonna figure it out for them so um, those are the things that, that we, that fortunately, because our community supports us, we're able to do that. Um, not, a lot of small businesses aren't able to do that, and I don't know how long I can do that, but that's at least for 30 days. That is kind of our plan, um, is to try to support the people as best we can and, and, and hope this really truly it limits. The, you know, the, if 30 days can happen, man, that would be mm -hmm. great. I'm, I'm just a little skeptical about that it's only going to be 30 days. Allie, and if I can add at, at the chamber, so we on our website uh, we we pretty much dedicated everything to coronavirus information. Okay. Uh, one of the tabs we go uh, PensacolaChamber.com uh, under our coronavirus page we have an employment resource button you can press and it has all of the it has career source Escarosa it has all of the uh, employment services companies in our area and i've been in contact with them uh all this week wow. and they're saying they, they're saying they have jobs so if people are getting laid off or if, if they're looking for something and it you know it may be short term it mm -hmm. may be something just in the gap but there are jobs available so if you go to our website pensacolachamber.com go on our coronavirus page employment resources you can find those companies career source escarosa you have to 
do some online uh, work, you know, fill out some forms and that sort of thing, but it's all online. Uh, that will get you in the system and at least, you know, give you opportunity to find what's out there. That's great. And I have heard very, very good things about the website. So thanks for, for being yeah, nimble thank and you. quick. Um, so FireTag from STR said on Monday on their conference call um, with the STR data and they're doing overlays and watching where it's going. But he said, hold on, it's going to be long and bumpy ride. And that was what the quote that I took away from what he had said um, with, with what is going on for forecasting. I also want to say something about social intelligence because that's an area um, that I think we can bring in, which is this, is hospitality and the business of hospitality, there is something different. And I think we can all agree this, is it's very different because many of us have lots of friends we sit around after the day is done and have a couple of beers. We, um, you know, it, it's just a different industry and that's why we like it and we're so passionate about it. And that's why we're around the table today is because it truly is a, um, we care about each other and it's not even in the hierarchy. It's everybody works together. You get slammed, you go through all of that. And um, so with that being said, JP brought up what tools are out there so i'm wondering as a community i would first like to talk about business small business what do we know today um and then the, after that have a conversation of what do you guys think we can do as a community all of us in the hospitality industry what can we do to come together at this point so any tools i'll let both of so todd and dorian talk resources today the state of florida is actually i always brag because i'm always proud to be a floridian uh, when there is a disaster, of course, we all know FEMA and the SBA has their federal government programs. The state of Florida is one of the very few states that also has their own disaster program. We have hurricanes, we're used to them, so the governor said, let's dedicate a pot of money. Right now, there's $50 million dedicated to helping small businesses get short-term, one-year bridge loans. These loans, we most of our small business clients that are uh, filing for these loans now have cut hours for their employees. And they are, unfortunately, actively planning and preparing in case they have to let employees go. Uh, however, these loans are purposely built and purposely built to be flexible so that if you want to help your employees and if you have to pay your bills and everything, apply for one of these loans so that you can keep payroll checks coming out to or going out to your employees and everything. Is that, I'm sorry, I, yeah. I could have missed it. I'm on Google Meet as well. I'm not over here doing whatever. I'm on Google Meet looking at um, some of the questions coming from people. Um, specifically, during, do they go through small business development for that? Or, yes. Or do they so go and do that on their own? We are, they, they can file it on their own, but they all have to go through the, an SBDC, a local SBDC. So our office is actually helping other regions because we have the most experience with disaster loans. But... The SBDC handles the entire loan process with the exception of we cannot make the decision. Um, so we have a network of uh, volunteer bankers that make the decision of go, no go. And then we also do not have the actual funds. The state of Florida gives that to a separate organization that disperses it on, on behalf of the governor's office. Okay. Thank so, you. Federalized, sorry, one more thing. Oh, go ahead. Uh, we're waiting for the economic injury disaster loan to be approved. So. The process is a little bureaucratic, but essentially national emergency gets declared. Every governor is supposed to fill out a form officially requesting from the SBA, hey, uh, we actually need the funds. Our governor has done that. We're just waiting for the SBA website to be updated. 
This loan is also a great loan and I encourage every small business who applies for the bridge loan to apply for the SBA loan. That loan is up to $2 million versus up to $50,000 for the state loan. And the SBA loan is actually long term. So you get the Florida money right now so you can pay, keep the lights on or, or pay your employees. You get the SBA loan so that you could actually recover from this because you will not recover within a couple of weeks. It takes months, if not years, to recover from disasters like this. Okay, thanks. Todd, anything that locally? So I've uh, been in touch with the local and state um, Florida Restaurant Lodging Association representatives, and we're actually going to call this afternoon to see what we can do locally. We've been trying to brainstorm some ideas, mm -hmm. uh, just getting the community together. So hopefully we'll have something to announce pretty soon. Um, like I said, we're kind of bouncing ideas and trying to figure out what might work so okay. um, but we're you know that's the thing with us we're just trying to stay in communication with as many organizations and, and groups that are that are focused on this to try to keep information flowing create new ideas and um, just come up with whatever we can to, to keep the community engaged and supportive okay thank you so community what can we do what do you all think we can do today is um, what is today, the 19th? And, and we're about to venture into uncharted waters. What can we do as a community? JP? I think, I think we're very fortunate to have a community like Pensacola. Uh, as Todd has mentioned, the Chamber, Visit Pensacola, the DIB, all those organizations have been very helpful as for us, you know, restaurant business and bars, uh, to promote uh, activities that we're doing, letting um, people know that we're open and operating and we're do, they're doing whatever they can to help. Uh, the community is still coming out and uh, dining with us. Uh, this community is very tight and very helpful. Um, I think that, uh, you know, as long as the information is coming out uh, through the channels that we have available, I think we, we will get through this. Um, to me, it's, it's really very hard <laughs> to yeah. predict how it's going to be because all, it's also going to be based on the guidelines and what's, what's going to happen. Um, but I have a you know, feeling that it's, it's going to be okay yeah. here. Yeah. A good feeling. Good. Yeah, I guess I, you know, I represent the small business owner that, that did the American dream and took his life savings and uh, opened a restaurant. Um, <laughs> uh, scared as hell right now. <laughs> you know, um, yes, we'll get through it, but I don't have deep pockets. You know, I did, I did buy myself a job when, when I, when I um, opened the restaurant. Um, I think making sure that everyone's aware of the resources that Dorian just talked about to help get us through those bridges. You know, $50 million, yes, that's a, that's a large sum of money, but when it's scattered out amongst all the businesses in the state of Florida, it's not very much. Um, that's, that's concerning as well, um, but, it, but it's something, you know, and, and I think getting that out to, to all the businesses that, that have a proven track record, that have a, have a good base, not, you know, not every business that opens is going to be successful. Um, and that's that's unfortunate, but it's just it's it's the way the way it is. Um, but looking at the ones that that are and can keep that going, and saying, okay, well, what how how do we keep them alive so that when we do come out of this, they will still have employees, they will still um, be able to grow and, and hopefully open open additional locations. Yeah. Um, that's 
that's what we as small business owners owners really need. Yeah, and we need a little bit of time to and, and, right. figure this out. And that's the thing too is is who knows what's going to happen next week? You know what what's what's going to right. come from this meeting? What will we be discussing if we meet again in a week? What right. what will be the topic then? DC. Yeah, I think as I said, these first couple of days, uh, you know, really resonates with me because it, we have a lot of people, you know, coming. Um, not so much. I'd love to say we had, we were really busy the last two days, relatively speaking, because our beer is so great. But uh, the reality is, it's because they've people understand <coughs> our plight and people want to support um, our mm -hmm. staff, uh, and so that's obviously amazing to see. Um, and you know it is very helpful and it's certainly been um, impactful on them i would say as a community you know the leadership that we have i feel like needs not just for hospitality but for other sectors is we just probably really more important at the state level um, because of the, the power that rests with that as we all know um, but to be to adapt as this goes nobody knows where this is going to go um, you know some states have done it better than others already um, in terms of what rules are, what regulations are, um, you know, uh, we're in this mode right now in different sectors of correcting things that we didn't think about and all that. Totally understandable given that we haven't had a whole lot of time to sit around and prepare for this. So um, I just hope that at a state level and a local level that we're, we're smart and adaptive to our situation. If it does go longer, you know, are there other things that that uh, aren't going to put anybody in harm's way that can be done, that restaurants can do, that bars can do, that hotels can do, um, you know, to be, to think outside the box. Um, and again, safety is number one priority, but you know, what can businesses do um, to adapt to what our current normal is and, and see what happens. And so that's what I'll be, hopefully, you know, we're, we've got some creative thoughts and minds, you know, leading the charge here that'll, that'll, um, you know, be thinking outside the box. Yeah, um, Jason, do you do you have ideas of how community? Because we have your restaurant tours, but I, I mean, how is and you know the the local community and tourism and what what are you thinking? How can we best come together? I I, I do have a couple ideas, and you know, one I think Commissioner Bender said it right this morning in his podcast. It's important for us as a community to rely rely on data and science. To, yeah. to drive these decisions. Um, in an anxiety-filled community, in an anxiety-filled world right now, the knee-jerk reaction is too easy. Um, and then to ask ourselves, okay, I've made this decision, now what? What's the next decision? So we close uh, restaurants and bars, now what? what what's the feedback loop? Um, where are these individuals going to land uh, in, economically? I think it's also important as a community that we bring in resources or uh, collaborate with resources like the University of West Florida. What y'all can bring is wisdom and computational ability so that we're not guessing at what the economic future looks like. There's a mathematical equation, a whole set of them in fact, as you well, well know, that we can rely on to start looking at how this is going to impact uh, direct payroll. What's the indirect economic impact of that, that reduced payroll in the community? Um, what, what are the precipitous impacts of every step of that move? If I unfortunately have to lay off one person, what does that one person no longer do? 
Um, the, the, the second thing is we've got to get our children back to school in some form or fashion. We've got to keep their minds working. Uh, I, I have a 15-year-old and a 7-year-old. On the funny side, they're going to get cabin fever and be driving me crazy. But, but just thinking about their future, getting them back to education, their sense of normalcy, back into a routine, I think is going to be critical for the community. And you know, the last thing I would offer is you know, when we start talking about general layoffs of some of the lowest wage earning individuals in our community, we need to, to take a fallback position to the bottom of Maslow's pyramid mm -hmm. and think about how are we going to feed these individuals? Yeah. How are we going to feed these families? If okay. they don't have an income, um, how does that work? That's where our heads are at NS3 right yeah. now. Yeah, and we're also addressing that as well at the chamber. We've been in touch with MANA and being the Gulf Coast and mm. a number of local uh, organizations, a lot of the churches, I think most of the churches we've been in touch with and um, we'll be announcing more about that, but that is, that is a very good point. I mean, it's those folks who are living paycheck to paycheck mm -hmm. who don't know, you know, will they be able to pick up a bag of groceries somewhere next week? Um, those are the ones that we're, that are, have front of our mind right now as well. And I think as, I think all good suggestions, because we do have to feel secure, we have to feel secure today and then we have to feel secure as we go along. So having the conversation every week, I would, I would be honored if, if we could do that and we continue the conversation. Um, on the line, uh, Rick, there's, I, I on the line, I'm gonna unmute this because Nicole and- uh, This is from Nicole. Oh, perfect. This if is can, from I'm Nicole. I've been waiting for a chance to read this and I think this is very timely based on the last couple of comments. Um, the Haas Center at the University of West Florida is conducting a study of the economic impacts of the novel coronavirus COVID-19. The survey is accessible between March 16th through April 6th. It's uh, UWF slash uh, coronavirus survey. And I will share this with Allie in just a second. Maybe she can post it. The study aims to understand the types of travel and spending uh, changes of Florida residents that occurred during the COVID-19 outbreak in the U.S. While the results will be shared publicly to provide information about potential financial impacts of the pandemic in Florida, all data obtained from participants are kept confidential. Uh, she appreciates this participation. Feel free to share uh, with others across the state. She has had more than 711 responses, wow. so okay. we'll be gathering some scientific uh, data that will help help in this, but I, I know we're talking about how we handle situations today, mm -hmm. but the university is already proactively, I'm going to forward this to you. Yeah, and you Nicole know. with the Haas Center, um, they are there, it is data-driven, we have economists. And on, the, um, on Google Meet, we also have Dr. Jerry Parrish. I know his uh, mic is muted, I'm looking on Google Meet. Um, Dr. Parrish, would you like to, um, say anything about employment and things like that? Uh, thanks. Um, um, you know, just, just so you guys know, I'm, I'm the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors there at, uh, at the Haas Center. And I appreciate uh, you know, any, any of you guys being able to, to send out the survey info that, that I just heard you talk about. Uh, having, in this day and time, uh, having more than 700 people Take a few minutes to do a survey is, is a phenomenal thing, and and uh, thanks to uh, Amy Newburn and and Nicole and and those folks that have gotten that thing out and gotten the word out, uh, we're going to have some of the best info. 
appreciate that. Okay, thank you. Um, again, I personally want to thank everybody for coming here and giving up a little bit of time because I know that it is essential that all of you are boots on the ground right now and you're making sure our community is staying safe and, and we're going with this. So honestly, I just wanna say thank you for coming to the beautiful um, Timeless Tanglewood. I will be editing a little bit of our conversation. The podcast can be found on um, navigating hospitality through the global hospitality um, landing page. You can get there through uh, UWF slash GHTM um, and I will get this up so everybody that wants to be on it live also will be up and going on College of Business Facebook. One, one last thing, um, is there something that we can do together that's going to make a difference for all of you right now at U University of West Florida? Is there anything that we can do? Or I should say, what can we do to help you? <laughs> yeah. I, I have to fall back to, to my earlier statement. I, I think that we need clarity in the data. Okay. I think we need uh, uh, very wise uh, individuals pro providing that, unbiased opinions that are not politically driven, um, to offer to the, the politically driven decisions so that we can make the right decision okay. for the benefit of our community long term. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. Information sharing and mm -hmm. you know, yeah. we, we can help distribute anything. Right. And, um, and if we need to bring help bring people to the table as well, we can do that. Okay. I know there, was, there are a lot of factors that uh, are on the table for our leaders to make a decision, our political leaders, uh, but also, you know, entity like the university and stuff like that could help tremendously. Carrying out the message of the communities, uh, what's going on in our communities, to help them make the right decisions. Um, I know it's not easy, but well, one one thing we're doing at the university, the provost and the deans have we use a Slack account where we it's limited access, so we have interchange of information. Then we're doing the same at the department level. The the dean and the chairs are doing that, so it might be. A good idea and I would suggest that we consider having an information board that we limit to these folks so that if you have news or questions we could get it and it's not in a general distribution where you're eating alive with a thousand emails a day so we might work toward that and then I think Kelly has a good idea about reconvening at least once a week maybe we do it all remotely uh, but I think we can decide that if you, if you like meeting here so we have some sense of seeing one another. Mm -hmm. I believe the university will uh, permit us to do that. But give that some thought. So I would suggest that we have a message board that are limited to folks that we invite to it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that limited if you want to add folks, but we do that and then maybe uh, schedule a weekly update session. So again, thanks to Dr. Green for doing this mm -hmm. and to each of you for coming today. Are there any other questions it's always beating alternative factors <laughs> yeah it's all of our meeting actually i just want to thank you all it's uh, about 9 45 so i do want to conclude so everybody can get out there and do what you have to do again invaluable to be here and um again we'll be pushing out the podcast a little bit later this afternoon so thank you all thank see you, you. Hopefully thank, you. Thank, you. Thanks. thank you thank you thank you